This episode is brought to you by La Quinta by Wyndham. Your work can take you all over the place, like Texas. You've never been, but it's going to be great because you're staying at La Quinta by Wyndham. Their free bright side breakfast will give you energy for the day ahead. And after, you can unwind using their free high-speed Wi-Fi. Tonight, La Quinta. Tomorrow, you shine. Book your stay today at LQ.com. We're ready to go for recording. Yeah, I'll play the intro. Yep. Hello everyone, welcome to the Hue Living Room. I'm Tracy Koga and on the hot seat is the beautiful Sylvia Marusic and <laughs> it is so good to see you in person, Sylvia. I, we met during COVID. We did. And uh, you've been so wonderful in sharing your expertise, but also more importantly, just sharing yourself, sharing your, your real stories, your own personal stories. And we'll talk you know, more about that again Thank tonight. You. But you know what, I also wanna welcome all of my girls in the living room too as well. Rana, hello again, and Allie, Hi. it's so good to see you. And thank you ladies. And I think Charlotte is joining us. Charlotte, uh, text us if you don't have the link, okay? And we'll send it to you, but <laughs> anyways. And, and Linda, I hope she's gonna join in too as well. But this is really special tonight in the fact that you brought a topic up that you wanted to discuss and I'm going, oh my God, this yeah. is good. So the topic I thought we could discuss tonight is bullying um, because it happens everywhere, right? It happens in workplaces, it happens in families, it happens on the schoolyard. And 80% of schoolyard bullies become managers. So don't, don't turn that around. It's not 80% of managers are bullies. 80% of schoolyard bullies will become managers. So somewhere along the way, we've all met that person, we've lived with that person, and we've struggled to figure out what to do with that person. How did they come up with that statistic? Or did you just make that up, <laughs> Sylvia? That is think. scary. That is scary. Yeah. Well, I guess there's been some retrospective studies of, mm -hmm. you know, kids who bully and what happens to them. If, if it's about control issues, that follows them. If it's about having no control that follows them whatever happens to us in childhood follows us okay so i kind of wanted to put the spin on adult bullying yes because for me that can be the most detrimental and not to say that any other form of bullying is is less because it's not and it's terrible and it's not condoned at all but mm -hmm. especially in the workplace where we yeah. spend so much of our time. Yeah. So what are, what are your thoughts and, and what are some of the things that you've seen, especially in your line of work? So I think one of the things that is the most concerning to me is that as a professional speaker talking about things like culture and leadership mm -hmm. and respectful workplace and mm -hmm. stress, 
as I would go across the country shortly after, like I would say within two years of the um, psychological harassment le legislation coming out, I thought I would stop hearing stories or at least hear less stories about workplace bullying from the people who attended my sessions. And what I heard was the reverse. What I heard is that it's actually worse, but people are being more subtle or harder to pinpoint or it's it's becoming more difficult to um, um, what's the word I'm looking for more difficult to discover really for other people so I know you're you know I, I get an email from you I can read between the lines because I know what you say to me when we're in the lunchroom but if I take that email and try to lodge a respectful workplace complaint or or have you know have an issue with psychological harassment this is not evidence so people have become more subtle because these policies tell us what we can't do but they don't tell us what we should do so they say you know you you've had children you taught them don't hit did mm -hmm. either one of them ever push instead wow right right so that's what's happening i'm not hitting i didn't yell i didn't make any comments about race or gender but I make sure that that person never gets invited to the staff, whatever. Or I make sure that the emails go to everyone on the team except that person. Wow. Well, and I mean, I, yeah, we see some nods of heads. Yeah. And I think we've all kind of felt that or been involved in that. Okay, so your hands are tied. So what do you do? And, and, and how do we solve this? That's a really good question. I think one of the things that I feel is missing in the workplace is we have these policies, as I mentioned, that tell people what they're not allowed to do. So they don't do that. They don't yell, they don't swear, they don't call people names, but they do these other things. And what I think would be helpful is to look at respectful workplace agreements. What do we agree as a team is a code of conduct for us. So for example, if you and I work together, and we work in a shared workspace, we might have as one of our agreements that when one of us comes in or leaves the room, we don't always have to acknowledge each other because we could be doing that 10, 25 times a day. Mm -hmm. So when I come into the room, I do not need to say hi, Tracy, for the fifth time. I'll just <laughs> go to my workstation, right? Or if I do want to speak to you, I will request permission. Hey, Tracy, do you have a minute? That might be part of our agreement. Well, okay. Does that make sense? Yeah. No. That's one strategy. Wow. I bet you the girls have another strategy or okay. have many strategies. All right. So I want to welcome Charlotte. It's so good to see you. Sorry, I'm staring at the screen and not at the camera. No, um, but it's so good to see you. And Linda, thank you again. So, so wonderful. All right. I'm going to let uh, some of you chime in here before we get even more further into this. What are your thoughts? Are, are any of you want to share? Any experiences? Rana? <laughs> She's going. Always, always. Um, no, so, and you're absolutely right um, in terms of just, there's no real solution at all um, if the current legislation is not working. And um, this is very common with policies in general, yeah. uh, legislation in general. You need to always continuously do a review 
every few years. And these things should be actually live documents that are consistently changing to see what works and what doesn't work. Um, I know earlier before we went on live, you had you had uh, mentioned that that you've noticed kind of you know more people bringing up bullying stories. Uh, so that's the one part. So obviously there's uh, there's big gaps between you know what we're supposed to be doing and what's actually happening. The other part of it too is you know there's also just general legislation that that would demand that we don't be racist, sexist, homophobic, and all the all those really important uh, components that kind of build the fabric of society, right? The differences that make us all unique, but work together. Mm. So I think that we always do have options. But the issue I always find is, um, I agree with you 100%, is you know when people want to do that, uh, that's kind of where the concept of, in my world, like where I, where I I see microaggressions coming out, um, things like that where you're saying something but then you're not really saying it, and when somebody calls you out, you're like, ha ha, it was a joke type of scenarios. Right. Um, so there's a lot of stuff that's surrounding that, and people when they're bullies, like let's be honest, they they're smart, they they get smarter because they just get something from what they're doing. Um, so, you know, I, I know it's a kind of, you know, pie in the sky belief or, you know, vision, but, um, obviously, you know, people who are doing that clearly have something that they're missing in their existence. Right. And, uh, we all know hurt people hurt people, but that again, I shouldn't be the recipient of that. None of us should be the re recipient of that. And especially when this is your workplace environment. Uh, so I think that there are kind of corporate responsibilities um, across the board, if we're talking about corporations, where you really have to be, it has to be a consistent teaching, consistent bringing up. It can't just be like, oh, we have this code of conduct. Let's never bring it up again until there's an issue. It should be constant discussions, mm -hmm. you know? And that's really how it's kind of in your face all the time and people kind of know. And I hate saying this, my last point is, um, sometimes people need to be made examples of I'm not into public shaming. Well, yeah. sometimes I am, but <laughs> you know, but I think I do think that people do need to, you know, made to be made uh, examples of, mm -hmm. uh, because when one person sees someone getting away with it, it, it number one makes the, per the perpetrator much more stronger because they think they can get away with it. It, it takes the victim, um, hurts them more like deeper because they're like, well, nothing's ever going to change here. This is continuously yeah. happening, but it also changes the surrounding people who are watching it. So they, it, the whole thing is just kind of icky. I mean, that's the easiest way I could say it, but um, you know, there's a lot of work to be done. So a lot. But I was going to say one thing, these documents need to be live always. They need to be continuous. Wow. I, and, and I guess then that ha is how toxic environments become even more too as well when yes. people just kind of turn a blind eye or yep. they continually get away with it too. Absolutely. And one of the things Rana said is hurt people hurt people. That's not an excuse. It's an explanation, but it's not an excuse. But interestingly enough, not every bully believes they're a bully. Oh. Mm -hmm. For some people, it's the way they were raised. It's their normal. It's the only way they know how to do things. In one of the sessions I had, which was not about bullying, but it was about respectful workplace, I was in one particular company, 
And this older gentleman came up to me, and by older, I mean older than our age. <laughs> and uh, so, like, in his 40s. Um, and he came up to me, and he looked so devastated at the end of this session. And I thought, he's got something really difficult to speak to me about, obviously. And he said to me, I think I'm a bully. And he said it in such a way, like, I still... My heart just feels so heavy when I think about the way he said it. He was disgusted, but he had never conceptualized his behavior that way before. It was mm -hmm. very, uh, it really taught me something. Yeah. You know, wow. we make assumptions about people based on what we know. You're a bully, so I know the, this, 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 this about you, but we don't always know. No. And he did not realize he was a bully until that day. I feel sorry now. <laughs> right? I know. I feel, yeah. I There's feel, another side. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Charlotte, I'm going to let you kind of comment on that because I know that, you know, you're, you deal with families. You deal yeah. with a lot of issues like this, dealing with mental health. Um, you know, it was, it, I was just listening to what you were saying about the bully not realizing that yeah. they were a bully. And um, so I, I was going to just add to that. Um, Sometimes bullying in the workplace shows up as micromanaging or controlling. And so I was thinking of that gentleman that may have been his style, um, which can come off as, as a form of bullying. Um, and uh, um, can I talk on the workplace side first yes. before I go on the family side? Because that's yes. why I came on tonight. Mm -hmm. um, before Robin and I started our business together, um, I was involved with, uh, I, was, I was bullied in the workplace. And uh, I had never experienced it before. And it was, it was actually quite devastating to, to me. And um, I was working for an organization. And often in organizations, they don't have an HR department. And there's no one above the executive director that you can go to. So, so the only person you can go to is the person that, that's bullying you in, in a lot of the cases. And, and the, uh, the board is a policy board. So they don't want to talk to you because they're right. policy board. And uh, so when, when Sylvia was mentioning, you know, the toxic work environment, you could be working in a great, great organization. And then all of a sudden one day it's not. Yeah. And, and the leadership really needs to take a look at, do we have policies in place that employees feel safe to bring something up? You know, mm -hmm. is there somebody above their boss that you can share with if there's not an HR department? Um, so Robin and I spent a lot of time when we're doing workplace uh, mental health, workplace peer support is, is what does your leadership look like? What does the, how, where do you go if you have a complaint, if there's no one above your boss, mm -hmm. you know, and what does that look like? Um, and for me, what happened was, um, and I talk a lot about this on the family side and, and everything I do, it started to affect me. My spidey senses were saying everything is not feeling right. And I was too afraid to share it. I didn't share it with a coworker. I, I took it home and I talked to my family about it and they kept saying, you gotta talk to the work. I'm like, who do I talk to? Can't talk to anybody. Um, but I think if I had had the confidence to start to share it with, with a coworker, this is how I'm feeling. Um, because what had happened in that case, others felt the same way. Yes. And I watched this amazing organization go from an amazing place to 13 out of the 15 staff quitting within two months of each other. Wow. So 
so you know it's, it's taking a look at those kind of things um and and so you know today robin and i were having you know some really com some really great conversations around this and and um i had a friend who's joining us who's uh hr she's in charge of hr of an incredibly large company and part of her job was looking at how often people were were taking sick leaves and in what departments um it's a retail store when did you know customer complaints started to show up mm -hmm. because she was tracking what's going on is there something with leadership has something changed and then she would start ask questions to mm -hmm. see what was going on so she was really she's an amazing hr person um so she was looking at some of these measurables that she could tangibly look at that nice. might be changing the culture of the workplace but what happens when there's not that measurable or that accountability mm -hmm. um and and my hope, Sylvia, is that you're you're looking at that in part of your talks and, and encouraging that dialogue Absolutely. for smaller businesses. Yeah. You bet. Yeah. We're trying to bring this stuff to the foreground. You know, when I do strategic planning with the leadership, it, it's all based on employee interviews. So hopefully they're listening. The the companies I work with are listening, but I mean, we have a lot of work to do. Yeah. Okay. So <laughs> I'm putting my hand up. I've I've experienced that too in Charlotte what Me you too. just said oh and yeah yeah yep. and Charlotte what you just said is is like hits home like a like an arrow piercing my heart I want to know tonight okay so what what do you say to the person that's bullying you because god darn it I would come home every night and I would think of all of the things I yeah. should have said or I should have done and the next day I forget them all because when confronted, you're just like, and yeah. you have that horrible feeling inside of your gut, uh, you're stressed, mm -hmm. um, you treat the people that should be treated well or your, your family or your spouse terribly because you're so unhappy. Yeah. And at the end of the day, right? It's, it's yourself that you really have to think about. Yeah. So I don't know. Do you have words of wisdom? I, I mean, <laughs> not that they're going to do me any good, but I mean, um, because yeah. we've all, I mean, I would bet every single person here tonight has been bullied. I will bet it. I mean, I'll eat my right mm -hmm. shoe if I'm wrong. <laughs> and or or Rocky a, will eat it. Yeah, Rocky will eat it. <laughs> but, but here's what I'm thinking. Most of us don't have the words in that moment, but if you can develop some confidence, because here's the thing, if there's no victim, there's what, what power does the bully have? I remember saying to a supervisor who was being bullied by his plant manager, I said, if you are not a victim, he's, he's going to move on. He's going to move on. He's going to move out. He's, just, he's not going to find what he needs here. Because a bully needs a victim. There's, there is a lack of control somewhere in their life. So they take it where they can or they are used to being in control or they're driven by fear or, you know, there's something not right, obviously. So he decided to stand up to the bully. And when the bully said, you know, this, this particular gentleman's uh, favorite tactic was to walk up to people and say, you know, I could fire you today because I have that power. I might not, but I could. And he would just make that statement and then go off. So one day, um, 
this supervisor took to heart, like, don't be a victim. So he says, he says to the plant manager, go ahead. And he got fired. <laughs> he took my advice and he got fired. Ah, it was not what I was planning. But in the most magical way that the universe does things, that was exactly what he needed because he went from that being fired to owning his own company. And he is such a happy successful businessman and it was exactly the push he needed so it worked out <laughs> and so, then hopefully he's not doing that practice to his employees no but he's such a gentle non-alpha kind Aww. of person well Allie you want to join in here words of wisdom uh, yeah, this is a really great conversation. It's it could be it could go on forever. I'm sure. <laughs> um, and like, there's so many layers to it to look at, right? I've definitely had that experience myself. I had it terribly, um, just to the point where it was absolutely like taking over my entire life. I got so so unwell with my mental health during this period, and it was an, it's a very very similar situation to Charlotte's in the sense that there's nobody to report to, right? So it's a really big, intense feeling of um, helplessness. And so you're, you, and for me, I, I did talk to a colleague and that was kind of um, my area of how it all worked out for me. So uh, in the end, I ended up, I think it was, I actually ended up getting fired from there, but it's very much like this, this situation you just talked about. It was the best thing that could have ever happened to me. Like yeah. being able to just get rid of them and get rid of that, that piece of my life was absolutely the best thing that has ever happened to me. It's incredibly unfortunate that we have to kind of sometimes go through something for another good thing to happen but I find that's just kind of the pattern of my life these days and for other people too um so yeah I think it's a lot of prevention stuff when it comes to tactics and strategies and whatnot and unfortunately um there aren't a lot of them but I think that the prevention is huge so like being able to to sit down with your colleagues and say Okay, you know what, you we're having like open honestness across the table once a week, you know, you get kind of flustered when you're working, like everybody, we're human, um, we're exhausted, we're running on a bunch of different things in our head, a bunch of different files are open. So we're not going to be perfect all the time. That's totally cool. But it's about, um, you know, letting people know, like, man, you are grouchy, but being able to do it in a funny way, being able to have those connections so that we're not just colleagues and we're not just looking at each other and making eye contact, same routine, talking to each other, like, I'm stressed, I need somebody to take over this, or hey, like, I honestly, I'm going through a lot at home right now. So just a heads up, if I'm off my game, let me know. Or if I'm, you know, crabby, call me on it. And I've done that. When I, my, one of my mental health is off, I will tell my colleagues and say, hey, or if I'm doing, you know, a meditation or a medication change, I'll say, I'm on a med change right now. If you get like a funky alley in the next couple of days, that's <laughs> all it is. Like, just heads up and just roll with me here, you know? So I think it's about having those open conversations and dialogue, which also helps just foster the, you know, an environment that isn't toxic, an environment that's real and, and everything like that. And another thing is, um, standing up to the bully, right? We want it to be able to have it in the early prevention so that when you do stand up to them, you're not losing it on them, right? Because right. you poke the bear a lot enough, it's gonna it's gonna go at you. So I think being able to have those conversations before we add, like just lose it is is key because I've been there too, where I'm like, I just lost it. You know, you push somebody too far and it happens in every context. So being able to 
to have all those prevention things. And I, I think that happens a lot with, you know, conversations. When I used to do talks for uh, United Way, going into the workplaces and talking to them about mental health, I think it was just a, a nice little grounding um, piece for them, like just uh, bringing it back down when we're in this big, busy corporate world, just bringing a little bit of reality into the boardroom for a quick minute and just reminding everybody that we all have stuff going on. We're all humans. Um, we all, you know, we're all working for the same thing, but just cut each other some slack kind of thing. So I just think kind of creating that dialogue and having those environments is is definitely a way. I don't think it's ever going to go away. I thought it was going to go away after high school. <laughs> yeah, I was like <laughs> out the window. It's just like worse double. now. Yeah, it's worse. So I mean, I think it's just about having the tools and the resources and the conversations. Um, it's a harm reduction type of strategy, but I think it's it's a way that we can we can look at it. No, it's you're right, and it's it, it is so much important, uh, so important to have that dialogue. But again. If it's so hard to approach someone, that is yeah. like the hard part. And I'm just like thinking, yeah, we're seeing like I left. I mean, Charlotte left her situation. Allie, I you left. left, you left. And we all did really well. But what irks me, and I shouldn't be, but is those bullies are still there and they're still doing it. Yep. And do they not realize like you met that man that was like, oh, and yes. like shameful. But it took someone like you to hold the mirror in front of them. But sometimes you can hold the mirror in front. Yeah. And they still. I don't want to look. Or, or they. <laughs> right. No, yeah. Or that's, they still don't realize it. Yeah. And that's so frustrating. One of the things that worked for me in the last situation I was in with a bully um, was two things, actually. One was. Um, I love this phrase and I hate this phrase, what you permit, you promote. Mm -hmm. Like it can be a blessing or a curse, right? So I realized in this last situation, the, the last incidents of bullying that I experienced, that what I permit, I promote. So the more I was able to set some boundaries, like... Mm -hmm. You know, I am going to leave this room right now. I actually just, I completely forgot about this, but I actually had um, an experience of being bullied over the phone by someone and I stopped recently and I, um, <laughs> believe it or not, it was somebody that was, I was telling your husband, I'm, I'm doing a kitchen reno. It was, oh. it had to do with my kitchen reno. So anyways, I was being bullied by this uh, alpha gentleman and he um i said to him you know what did you actually just say the word whatever to one of your customers he said i did and i said i'm going to respectfully say goodbye and wish you a great day and i can't wait to hear when my when my things will be um ready for delivery and i hung up on him and i did that because i had really spent most of my life experiencing bullying in one form or another and had really struggled to, to do that right up front, like right at the beginning. Like yes. don't pass go. Don't even start because once it starts, what we permit, we promote. So that's one thing. Second thing that I think would be great in workplaces is if we could, when we notice it, um, defend the person who is being bullied. Call it out. Um, you know, show up for them and give them some strength and do it 
to the bully. The, you know, mm-hmm. support the victim to the bully. I did that once. It didn't go well. But the outcome was good because I drew my line in the sand. Yeah. And I w- it was much easier for me to defend somebody else than it was to defend myself in those days. I'm better at defending myself now, apparently, because I can <laughs> hang up on people. But I think that would be great if we could support someone publicly and say, hey, you know, that's not really appropriate. There's yeah. strength in numbers. No, those are good points. And don't ever say whatever to Sylvia. Don't say whatever <laughs> to me. <laughs> oh, whatever. Oh, uh, so like, yeah, I mean, I guess that point, like what you did with that contractor and just saying, yeah. I'm hanging up now, which is so hard. And it's making that decision. So Linda, like, you're used to making or coaching us into making decisions. What do we do when deciding when enough is enough before it gets too much with a bully? Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Okay, interesting question. So a couple things that I was thinking about. One is defining bullying because bullying is somebody being targeted over a long period of time. A sustained effort, a deliberate choice to choose one victim. That's bullying. So... Sylvia, the, you know, talking to somebody on the phone once, although it can be an irritating phone conversation and a difficult one, it's not bullying. So defining bullying is, is important because I think we, 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 we mix up the term sometimes when we're treated badly, um, that's not necessarily bullying. It, right, it was very bullying that. behavior in that it was yelling, mm-hmm. condescending, um, being critical, accusing me of things, that sort of stuff. So it was right. definitely Which, bullying it, behavior, whether he's a bully or not. not, not I don't know. Technically bullying, because bullying can only happen over a sustained period of time mm-hmm. in, the, in the schools, in the, in the workplaces. So it is uh, a, a person is being targeted over a period of time. So, um, you know, and what makes me think is we can have conversations about this but I'm coming from a very very privileged position and I speak the language of our country English so the things that might help me and might support me are not going to support an immigrant woman who does you know English as a second language we cannot expect her to stand up to the bully or to, you know, um, you know, just try and help her deal with conflict. That that to me is 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 missing the point um, that that we really need to look at uh, safe reporting practices 
Um, and really, you know, as, as Rana was saying about having policies in place um, it, to begin with, um, but, and, and Ali, you were saying too about prevention tactics. You know, we, ha we have to look at, at where, what the work culture is in the first place um, because a woman, you know, who's an immigrant and does not speak the language, who is vulnerable, um, cannot quit, cannot say, you know, fine, I quit when they're supporting a family at home. So I think uh, looking at it from that perspective, how can we support that person in that instance? And, uh, you know, I, I can't remember the woman, I wish I could remember, she does the safe reporting practices for um, violence against women on campuses. Do you know who I'm talking to? Yes. She's the Mary Hall. Yes. Yes. So what, what brought it her to mind was that's what we need. We need like, we need an app. <laughs> we need like, well, maybe that wouldn't work for, um, for, for bullies, uh, a bullying app. Okay, <laughs> press it. Somebody <laughs> would come up. All these things you can say. Sorry, Linda. I know. Some safe reporting practice that is easy. It's accessible. It's anonymous. You know, it it protects somebody's job. It's um, uh, you know, it doesn't it doesn't put the onus on the victim. Um, Some you know, of but, that is already but, in place but yeah. people are still not reporting. And speaking about, you know, perhaps that immigrant person, they're not gonna read, may not read the policy or follow the policies either if English is a second language. So, I mean, there, there is, I don't think there's one answer. I think these are all small pieces of the puzzle, you know, that we make it safer for people to report, that we have a different, you know, we put some effort into workplace culture. We have better policies. We have better reporting policies. We have, you know, maybe there are, whatever it is, maybe there are, are you know, there's different training for HR and maybe they spend more time doing, working on these things. And I don't know what the answer is, but I think it's a, it's a multi-level answer. You and I have to come to our workplace thinking differently if we're working with a bully. We have to come up with a strategy. As a workplace or organization, there has to be strategies in place to deal with the inevitability of a bully showing up because it's gonna be a supervisor, it's gonna be a dominant personality, it's gonna be the negative Ned or the negative Nelly who becomes that person. So I think there isn't a specific strategy. I don't think anybody was saying that, but we have to come at it from all different perspectives. I have to have the tools yes. to stand up for myself in the workplace. We have to have the tools to stand up for each other. The organization has to have the tools to make it easy for me and not threatening for me to seek help if I'm, be, if I'm in that situation. And then, you know, we need to look at workplace culture mm -hmm. because our workplace cultures are, they're very poor. You know, we spend 74% of our waking hours in activities related to work and Canadians report it's their number one stressor. And it's not the work environment that we're reporting as being stressful, it's relationships, in particular with our supervisor or manager or the perceived leader. 
And if you kind of think of it, if you uh, delve into the mental health and you make sure that everything, you know, people are happy, they're going to be better at their jobs, they're right. going to be better with their families, um, everything else. It, mm -hmm. it all just all kind of snowballs into, into that one happy effect. But um, I'm going to go back to Allie and, and Charlotte too. Allie, just because of the, we're talking about rights, human rights too. Um, this plays a large part into people knowing their rights. And we had this conversation too before. Yeah, for sure. Uh, I think that that's kind of goes back into prevention. That's kind of what I'm sitting here thinking about too, right? Is when you get hired, you, depending on where you're getting hired, um, that a lot of the time you'll get a little policy manual, um, depending on if they have those kind of things set in place. Not very many places do, but you know, if it's a bigger place, I'm thinking particularly of like when I used to work at casinos and stuff like that, when they have those manuals, um, I think that what you should get right in the beginning is um, a, oh, can you hear my dog barking? A like, little bit. Does that not sound like I have a massive, huge dog? <laughs> <laughs> not that <bad. laughs> Um So yes, I, uh, I think that um, knowing your rights and kind of having like a little care map, right? And, and I want to use the words plain English because that's what we're talking about everywhere right now in, in my work is the, the use of plain, plain English, which is, you know, putting everything, uh, using layman's terms for everything, speaking very clearly about what we're talking about, not getting too deep into policy work and making it so that somebody who's never had an experience within HR or trying to navigate a policy can read it and go, oh, okay, I just got to go here, talk to that person, and then talk to another person is simply plain, plain English. So that would be really, um, really beneficial. I think I would really benefit from that even myself, right? There's so many different processes. So if the HR department, and hopefully the place has an HR department, a lot of places don't, if you're looking at a nonprofit or, um, you know, smaller organizations. And um, so getting those and having them in place, um, again, as a prevention would be awesome. But knowing, knowing that something's not right, like I've spoken to people who will tell me what's going on in their workplace. And I'm like, what? in the world like where is your hr department like what how are people getting away with this right but it's also because people don't understand that that could be a reason for that person to be terminated or at least really um having repercussions right so just understanding those pieces and a lot of people just think you know and if it is somebody from um, a different country i worked with a lot of different immigrants when i was working actually at the casino and um they were really really unaware of the fact that what this person was doing was actually wrong you know in a lot of different positions of power and hierarchies in different cultures you just kind of you, you don't speak back to that you just mm -hmm. kind of go with it right so it's a matter of understanding what is right what is wrong and you know i guess another way to look at it is if they have videos and stuff like that accessible videos um or learning sessions for folks who are just coming on board but again, it's just understanding what's right, what's wrong. And, you know, maybe that should be a small crash course before starting up a new job in, in the intermittent period, you know, when before you're waiting to get signed on the three weeks or whatever it is. Um, just, you know, maybe that should be something that's, and if you can't uphold those values, if you can't uphold um, that outlook that you want for that workplace, then maybe it's not the place for you. Or if you think it's a little bit fluffy and you're starting your job and you're going, what's this? Well, then you know, that maybe that's a, a good indicator that that's not where you should be. Um, so I think it's, it's knowing your rights is important and knowing that people can actually get in trouble for being um, 
for being really rude to you at work, right? A lot of people just think it's like, ah, oh, they're having a lot of problems. Well, we all have stuff going on in our in our lives. Um, and so it's about not being bringing that in there, mm-hmm. right? So just having those conversations, making sure people know this is okay, this isn't okay. Mm-hmm. Well, it sounds simple and civil. Yeah, easier yeah. said than done, right? And, I know. And that goes for all of it, even reporting <laughs> or speaking up. And so it's kind of like fight or flight when you get into those situations. Sometimes you just don't know if I'm, if you're going to retaliate or not. Or sometimes you, you may just keep quiet, like you said, when you're in bed and you think about it later or something like that, right? Like, it's just, we can say all these tactics, all of us can come up with all these strategies and ways. But when it comes down to it, it's a totally different situation. So it's just a matter of having these objectives in our head when we're, when we're looking at it. Um, so I'm going to throw it out there. I'm thinking now oh. the sayings of... Uh, getting to know your enemy. Yeah, and I'm going to you, Charlotte. I know, don't, getting to know your enemy, sorry to say that, or yeah. let's yeah. learn about, let's learn about the bully and keep the bully close to you. Befriend them even. Yeah. Like, yeah, that can work. It can? Like, I've, I've tried to do that too, but it was like <laughs> icky. Just I always like, look at the people like that and I go, okay, somebody loves you. I don't know why, yeah. but somebody loves you. So I'm going to see what it is about you that somebody might love. But it kind of goes back to, um, uh, and then I'm going to I'm going to shut up and let Charlotte speak. But you know, it kind of goes back to uh, something that we haven't touched on, which is maybe hiring practices. Maybe we need to, you know, do a little more investigation. Um, maybe we should focus more on gut feelings than skills. Yes. Right? Like skills can be taught, but how you treat people is Mm -hmm. how you treat people. So maybe we need to look at different hiring practices. Don't hire the bully. Wait till they've had therapy. (laughs) At least once. Oh, and Charlotte, yeah, those spidey senses, right? Well, you know, I was just, I was, I wanted to circle back. And so something that we teach in peer support training, um, and Robin and I is um, exploring what the person's truth is. So thinking about when Sylvia was describing that experience, what she labeled as bullying on the phone, that's her truth. So, um, and you know, if, if Sylvia and I spent some time chatting about it, there's, there's a backstory, but she's chose to share that little snippet of that story that had a huge impact on it, which she is calling it, it bullying. If we, and again, if I if I delved in and we had a chat, there's he, he may have done things over and over again, but that was a snippet. And I think that when you define bullying, and all of a sudden it's said, well, obviously that's not because it doesn't fit in that parameters. But I, I encourage people to have a, a curious conversation. You know, you know, was there other instances? You know, why why are you feeling that this you know happened? You know, and and Sylvia could say, well, you know what, I've been working with him for six months, and he's been giving me jabs, and this whatever was the final straw, or you know, like there's more to the story. There is, and um, <laughs> no, I know, but so so. Robin and I talk about keeping our biases in check, keeping our de- definitions in check, listening to what the person is saying, and allowing their truth and their experience and what they're sharing. So if it's bullying to you, Sylvia, it's bullying to you. Yeah. What I experienced, I'm labeling it as bully. There's more to my story, but it, my truth is it, it was a bullying experience. I could, I would imagine if I asked Allie and her and I sh- shared our common experiences, it was a bullying experience for her. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's, it's not <clears throat> because it's not fitting in your definition of it, like not 
be cautious that you're not invalidating the experience for the person, but you're empathizing with it. Um, and that's when change can happen within a workplace because um, if your policy doesn't fit that bullying experience, is your policy correct? Am I covering all the check marks? Is there other experiences that are coming up? Um, I'm working with somebody right now whose mental health is being, um, she's on a leave right now. Um, they're blaming her mental illness. Um, is it her mental illness or is it a bullying? She's saying her boss is a bully. The boss is saying she's got a mental illness and she can't do her job. Mm. So I'm, I'm listening to her story and it's gonna be interesting to see where it goes mm -hmm. because, um, and is the policy correct? I don't know. She's labeled him a bully. <laughs> Rana. Rana, go ahead. You're on mute. You're on mute. But we still understand you. <laughs> yeah, I was just gonna say, sorry, Charlotte. I was like, accommodation. You can't fire somebody because they have a, what's perceived as a mental illness. They have to make every step to, to accommodate this person. So yeah. I hope that, that they're working to get, sorry, and I just jumped into that because I heard that and it's yeah. frustrating. No, he's um, been documenting it for a while and has all these things. Like her he passion, has all these things against her? Yeah, her passion for her job is seen as she's in a, in a psychosis. Her questioning what's going on is seen as non-compliant. Wow, okay, well. You know, so it, it, it's, it's an interesting one. Robin and I are quite enjoying uh, yeah, where this yeah. is gonna go. I'll just yeah. say, regardless of what he's writing down, there's the employer still has a responsibility to accommodate. So if she's saying she has some kind of issue that she needs some accommodation, like maybe not working with this person for six months and going to a different office or whatever it is, Sorry, let's not get into the legalities of it all. I sorry, it just it just clicked in my brain. I'm just like accommodation. Um, yeah, can I? And if I, if I may, yes. I just want to um, just mention the safe reporting component that we were just talking about. Um, I think it really, and I've seen this many times in employment law, in labor law, uh, investigations like within organizations um, that are actually happening. The investigator is the people within the within the organization um i think that there should always be an encouragement to have external investigations because um at the end of the day if you're working with 10 people and five of those people are investigating an issue yeah it, it you know you kind of you kind of want that arm's length um investigation to really uh, objectively see you know what a, what a reasonable person would feel that is is how, how a reasonable person would feel you know something that's happening um all that to say too is you know bullying itself is very hard because what what uh, you know a word or or a, or a sentence or an action that would hurt me or trigger me based on my own lens and my own history it may not be the same for everyone else um, and that's where that communication piece comes in, right? Like you can maybe say something to me and I, you know, and Tracy knows I have certain things that, mm. um, that trigger me almost because they, they remind me of past bullying, actual bullying incidents. And this may just be like a, you know, quick moment in time where someone said something, but my perception takes me back there. 
So I get defensive and right away I'm perceiving this as a bullying incident, which obviously there's something off about it. But the point of my story is, you know, it, it, these are very subjective situations to begin with, unless it's overtly racist, sexist, or homophobic, basically, right? There's some things that are, you know, without without a doubt, uh, need to be, you know, considered. Um, so I would say, too, is that's why you really need that HR department. You, you need those people who are trained in place, uh, who understand how to take those take those notes and be able to read between the lines almost. And, um, and that's kind of why I think Alex said that is that those departments are so critical. And I know that there's a lot of places that don't have those departments. Um, and that is, you know, quite, quite certainly a very difficult environment for people when they don't have the ability to go somewhere and make a complaint. Um, yeah. So those are my three points, um, external investigations and just the safe reporting part of it. So who would be the ideal personality to be in HR? Maybe a former bully. Is, or is that even a true, is that even true? Can you be a former bully? Maybe, well, maybe that man that you- Good that, question. Uh, hmm. No, that man is a current bully. <laughs> there was definitely behavior over time, but that was that one particular incident when I respectfully hung up on him. Just put my big girl pants on and said, that's it, I'm, I'm creating a very healthy boundary here right now. Um, that's a really good question because I have had, uh, I, it's, it has happened to me where I have reported um, bullying behavior to an HR person who told me that it sounded like I needed to take some time off work. That was her response to my complaint. So it was, nothing was dealt with. She just encouraged me to take a leave. And I, you know, and, and I, I did yeah. not. <laughs> and, and, no, and, and, and I truly, and what we talked about tonight, yes, HR, human resources, or whatever you want to call it, because it's not called HR mm. a lot of places now, is very important. But I, more often than not, the people that are in those positions are not I, want, I don't even want to say qualified because they do have all the qualifications, but they're not the right people. Yeah. And I, you know what? Linda's got her, mm-hmm, look on. I, <laughs> sorry, but it was Allie, just. But Allie's got her hand up. Oh, and Allie too. Okay. Yeah. Allie, okay, you had your hand up, so obviously we can't let My that thought hand. escape. Thank yeah. you. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Thanks, Linda. Um, I just wanted to go back to the uh, subject, whether or not uh, somebody can be an un or not a bully anymore. Um, I think so. And the reason that I think so is because I have 100% in my adult life said sorry for being a jerk to you when I was in uh, high school to many people. Um, so again, I wouldn't call myself a bully. I'm sure people did call me a bully. I will put money on it, in fact. Um, because I probably felt like that, but when I learned what that felt like and I understood that I was doing it, a lot of these people called me out later in life, which is awesome. <laughs> I think it's awesome. Um, good for them. It's great. Like I have seen people after like big talks or something that I'm doing, they're like, dude, you were so mean to me. And I'm like, what? <laughs> like, I had this perception. I was so nice to them. And they're like, yeah, like you were super mean. And, and like, so I have gone out of my way now to think of times that I have been, maybe nasty to somebody and didn't even realize it. Um, 
like I really didn't think I was, but if I did, then that's that person's uh, experience with me and I'm not going to deny it or say, no, I wasn't because I frankly, I don't remember, but of course I'm not going to deny it. Um, so I think so. Uh, I go really, really far out of my way now to be the polar opposite of a bully. Um, but I think they can. And I, I, I try really hard to believe that people can change in, in all ways and learn from um, certain things. So I believe so. Um, I'm not too sure. There are people who, you know, I have just get worse. And I think that just kind of goes back to our conversation about it gets worse sometimes after high school. But uh, I've seen people that were bullies from high school and like seen them as adults. I'm like, oh, you have not grown out of that at all. You're still living in that, hey? So, but I mean, for sure, I've definitely had my, my fair share of apologizing if I've ever made anybody feel like they aren't welcome or comfortable in a place because that's not, that's not my job. So. And I have to say though, Allie, that not only are you, you know, a better person for it, that you've got a better life, right? So it is, again, the whole mental health aspect and the empathy and the understanding too. So kudos to you. I guess you can be our poster girl then for <laughs> yeah. change is possible. Or it gets yes. better. Change it gets better. <laughs> uh, Linda, do you want to add anything on can a bully become? Sure. I would say, I would say I would agree with Ali is that uh, the the tools can be taught. Compassion can be taught, empathy can be taught. Um you know we saw a huge uh, learning curve in our country about racism and being anti-racist. And many people believed at their heart of hearts that they were not racist. And the unraveling of that understanding has been slow to come, but it's, it's, it's here. And People are learning better practices. They're learning, oh, when I say that, that is a microaggression. You know, I had no idea. I've been saying it my whole life, did not understand it was a microaggression. Now I do. Now I'm not doing it anymore. Right? So somebody, we, we are capable of changing our behaviors 100%. You know, um, so really uh, it speaks to that education component as well. Like, talking about these things, learning what's appropriate, uh, where our society takes mm -hmm. a stand on big matters, gender, um, you know, uh, sexism, homophobia, you know, where I, I, I do like to look to our, our political leaders to take a stand. What, what are they saying? Mm -hmm. um, and uh, truly it, it it does filter down it comes from the top down and then it can also come at the grassroots level so i do believe 100 percent people can change oh, well i think so too and you know what even what we've talked about tonight is has really kind of put a i think a, a better perspective on things you know yeah. and i think talking about it just gets things out in the open absolutely the stuff that we don't talk about is the stuff that breeds and grows. It's like mold, right? It just, if we don't put the light on, we never, you know, we, we never really um, resolve these things. And it's not just for us, but, you know, we're all fairly strong women. And hopefully by this stage in our life, we can all speak up. But there are lots of people who can't. And the, the statistics on how many people actually report bullying in the workplace 
It's very, very, very small. It's less than 25%. It's wow. a very small number. Wow. So what was that statistic? 80% of bullies become managers? 80% of schoolyard bullies become managers. Okay. Well, let's see if we can <laughs> lower that. But, you know, anyways, I think we, you know, covered a lot of good ground and a lot of great information on just sort of coping with it and not to quit. Or maybe if you quit, then it was a sign that you were going, you were exactly. destined for better things. Yeah, you'll own your own company then. <laughs> yes, your own boss. I know. You only have to answer to yourself. That's, that's right. That's I love my boss. Yeah. Oh, she's great. We'll I see. bet you love your boss too. Oh, yeah. I know. <laughs> well, yeah. Yeah. It's when you have those kind of argue, self arguments, then you kind of go, okay, you're nothing now. Um, exactly. Thank you so much for being here, Sylvia. Thank you. It's always a pleasure. And. You're going to be here, I know, again, because this conversation doesn't end. No. And thank you, all of you ladies. Thank you for joining tonight. It's always a pleasure. And have a great evening. And just one more thing, if you want to do any shopping at Lennard Taylor, go to his website, lennardtaylor.com, and then you'll get 20% off if you use I Like Hue 20. So Awesome. Wonderful spring pants. pants. And, you know, everybody needs a T-shirt, so simple white tee. There you go. Yeah. Perfect. Okay. Thank you, all of you out there, Bye. for joining us on Hue Living Room. We'll see you next time. Hi, I'm Mercedes Nickel, four-time Winter Olympian and host of Dropping In, a podcast with Mercedes. This is a podcast where I interview a bunch of different people. I get the good, the bad, and the ugly, as well as I share my stories along the way. Now you can drop in at droppingin.com or subscribe on Apple, Spotify, and YouTube. I'll see you soon. I'm Andrea Askowitz. And I'm Allison Langer. And we are the hosts of Writing Class Radio, a podcast, but we are so much more. We have writing classes. So if you are looking for live online classes where you can join a community, write to a prompt, get feedback, and get better, check out all our classes at writingclassradio.com. And listen to our podcast wherever you get your podcasts and at writingclassradio.com. Another Sound Off Media Company podcast.